Hello there. I am your host, Kent Solace of Blue Milk Latte, a Star Wars podcast. And today we are joined by a very special guest. He is an incredible Star Wars fan and one of the main contributors to the Sarlacc Digest podcast and an official artist for a uh, IDW Star Wars comic publication contributing cover art for Star Wars Adventures number one. Let's welcome to the show, Scott Kruger. Hey, what's up, nerd? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing very good. Good. Um, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, I enjoyed very much so being on the Starlight Digest podcast uh, a while ago, um, and I always knew that I wanted to have some one-on-one conversations with some of the crew members, so I'm very happy uh, to have you on. Awesome, man. Thank you very much. And you, yeah. you make me sound really, really like cool in your intro there. That was very nice. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Well, you're a pretty cool guy. You're pretty ah, cool thanks, guy. man. Um, so uh, kind of getting just into the uh, general conversation, uh, this is a spotlight on episode, so I'm just going to be asking Scott some questions about his Star Wars experiences and contributions to the fandom. Um, so Scott, what yeah. are some of your earliest memories of Star Wars? Take us back to your little, your little toddler or little, little kid. Mm-hmm. What are some of your earliest memories? Uh, I was three years old when A New Hope first came out back before it was called A New Hope. Uh, so I've, I've been around since the beginning. Uh, I do remember, I know that I saw it in the theater. Uh, I was really little though. So my, my first real memory of seeing star Wars, like vividly remembering seeing star Wars was from my grandfather. He, um, he, my sheriff's deputy grandfather had, obtained a copy of star Wars somehow. And so I would go over to their house and uh, watch star Wars and of all things, Mary Poppins. So yeah, it was from a very young age. I was probably, I want to say four or no, I was about four years old whenever um, that happened. Cause you know, VHS was still very new. Yeah. And um, yeah, he, he had mastered the art of, um, making, uh, maybe doing some slightly illegal stuff, maybe, <laughs> but, okay. uh, yeah, my, my grandfather was pretty awesome at that. And he, um, anytime any of us wanted to watch something, he would ask my parents what it was that we would like to see. And it would just miraculously be there at their house whenever we'd come up here. And, um, they lived in the, they were like the, some of the founding family out there in Baldy Mesa. So, you know, I've, I've been a desert rat all my life and come up. I, I was a big city San Bernardino kid, you know, and come up here and grandpa would try and keep me entertained by putting Star Wars on. So I just kind of watch it on repeat. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Early memories. Yeah. I'm also, uh, for the most part, grown up a desert rat as well. So I like to always refer to it as our little slice of Tatooine. Yeah yeah isn't that the um, truth yeah so uh so a, a new hope was the first film that you saw in theaters um probably uh okay. pro- the the first star wars movie i vividly i i mean i know i saw a new hope before uh-huh. it was a new in the theater i uh-huh. don't remember it though but the the one i definitely remember was empire strikes back and okay i remember seeing that one in a theater in San Bernardino, uh, I remember being on my 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 dad's shoulders out in line waiting to go in. I remember going in, sitting down, and that movie scared the hell out of me. And yeah. I I was just and it wasn't 
it, you know, it's not a scary movie, but it, you know, all of a sudden you've got the good guys being relentlessly pursued. You've got uh, this little green monster guy teaching Luke how to do this magic stuff that you, because if you think about it in, in a new hope there, there wasn't anything more than just kind of a broad idea of what the force was. There was yeah. no, there, there was no magic, you know, reach your hand out and things shoot into your hand. There was no, there was none of that. There was no lifting things. So all of a sudden uh, Luke is becoming a wizard and you know, they're being pursued by the stormtroopers and Darth Vader's after Luke and they're all separated. And then there's Bosk and the bounty hunters and they're all kind of scary looking, you know, and I'm a, yeah, I'm a little six year old kid and I, I don't know what the heck is going on. And then all of a sudden, you know, Darth Vader cuts off Luke's hand and it's his dad and Han Solo's frozen in carbonite. And the movie ends and it was the first time I had seen a movie where the good guys didn't win. You know, it was, it was really distressing for a little six year old kid, you know, I, I, cause I grew up, you know, in my first six years, I'm loving Luke Skywalker. I want to be Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. Yeah. And now this movie comes out and my heroes are just, they're not doing too good by the end of the show. So yeah, that, that's the one I, I vividly remember seeing in theaters and for the longest time. Uh, and I told you this was going to happen. We were going to start talking and I was just going to start rambling on about things, oh. but um, uh. yeah, for the longest time, Empire Strikes Back was actually my least favorite of the Star Wars movies. Cause it was the darker one, you know, and I'm, wow. I, I liked being, I liked the lighter side. I liked a new hope and I loved return of the Jedi whenever it came out. Cause I mean, there was, it was lighter. There were, there were Ewoks and there was the good guys won, and Darth Vader turned out to be not quite as horrible, you know, yeah. in, in that weird sort of, Oh, we forgive him kind of way. Yeah. You but, like a lot, a lot more of the adventure aspect as opposed to the opera aspect. It's it, it, yeah, pretty much. And, and it wasn't until um, I, I actually in high school, I went to Hesperia high school and we, I had a filmmaking class in one of the, one of the assignments were to actually sit in the classroom and watch the entire trilogy. And by that time, you know, I'm, I'm 15 years old. I haven't seen star Wars in a few years and I know the, the movie frontwards and backwards. Yeah. And it was, you know, I'm 15 years old sitting there with my friends and rewatching it um, one after the other. And it wasn't until that moment that I realized just how brilliant empire was. And it, it instantly became my favorite movie. And, you know, by that time I was also a little goth kid. So, <laughs> you know, it didn't bother me that it was darker and that the heroes didn't make it out. Okay. And it, it, it sat, it sat better with me that time around. And since then it, it has been my absolute favorite out of the three. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things about star Wars movies and movies in general as well. You'll watch a movie one way when you're eight, nine, 10, mm -hmm. And then differently again when you're 15, 16, 17. And then yet you'll see it. You'll see the same exact movie, but you'll pick up totally different things at different ages in your life. That's one of my favorite things about movies. Yeah. Yeah. Not just Star Wars, but you're right. It's it's every movie out there. Yeah. It's um, recently I was going back and watching just, uh, you know, the quarantine time. I'm sitting here in my home office right now as I as I talk to you and I'm. 
this this entire year I've been going back and trying to occupy some time. You know, I I, I usually commute down the hill uh, to San Bernardino for work. And so instantly I've got two hours to my day added back into my life, which is great, but you know, that's two hours. What am I going to do? So I've been pop, I pop in old movies and watch rewatch jaws and rewatched uh, poltergeist and goonies. And uh, we did an entire Indiana Jones from, you know, uh, the young Indiana Jones chronicles all the way through the kingdom of the crystal skull. Wow. Rewatching okay. all of that. Nice. And just um, the things you pick up that you didn't quite catch on before. It just even even movies like Indiana Jones that I've seen a million times. It's every time I see it, there's a little a little nugget of something I didn't quite pick up on the first time. So it's yeah. just fun. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, so this is a, a point blank question here. Jedi or Sith? Jedi. Jedi. Okay. Mm. I always love those questions. You know, if you were, if you were in the Star Wars universe, who would you be? And my favorite answer to give is victim number three. Okay. Because uh, I, I, I wouldn't be a. Jedi. There's nothing special about me, man. I wouldn't be a Jedi. I wouldn't be a Sith. I'm, I'm the random dude on Alderaan looking up, going, "Oh wow, when did that show up?" Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but. Uh, definitely if i had to pick between jedi and sith it would be jedi yeah it'd probably be something like wilro hood just running around with carrying an ice cream maker or something. exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of big stuff going on in the galaxy and to think i would be wrapped up in any of it that's that's just hubris yeah yeah um so if you had to take this is one of a fun one here if you had to take care of three porgs how would you do that if i had to take care of three porgs yeah okay that's an interesting question yeah. um all right uh, is it any three porgs or is it like a mom a dad and a kid is it uh, uh, baby porgs what are we the, talking here for the sake of the question we'll say yeah three baby porgs. three baby porgs oh yeah. boy wow well um i don't know how to answer that because i'm not very i'm not very good with birds i'm a cat guy so i'm i'm, okay. I'm pretty sure my loth cat would probably be chasing them around you know my 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 two tukas would be uh, eating porg pretty early on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. There's so, no right or wrong answer to this. I, I've asked this question a few different times in different interviews, and uh, they, yeah, they either survive and thrive, or sometimes they just die and end up as food. So yeah, yeah no. they would be food for my for my cats, and that would be no, you know, I'd be like, no, uh, oh, oh well, I guess I need a new porg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, this is a kind of a generalized question here, but it's a fun one nonetheless. Um, after this podcast ends, after we end this episode, you walk outside and you find a lottery ticket for $10 million. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you end up using the money on? Uh, you know what? I would... Two di there's two different answers to this question. Okay. Uh, if... If I'm playing responsibly, what I would do is I would demolish my house and build new house right on top of the property because I, <laughs> I love the property I live on, but my house is built in the uh, mid sixties and it's just frustrating. It's an old house and it just drives me crazy. Uh, the people we bought it from actually, I, I think. I think they were just keeping it together with chewing gum and popsicle sticks because oh, wow. there's so many things, you know, we've lived in this house for 20 years, my wife and I, and I have 
we have renovated just about every square inch of this house and it still blows my mind the problems I find with it from the previous owners. Um, so that's my responsible answer. Now, okay. my irresponsible answer would be to pack up my wife, my collection, and move to Ireland. Yeah. Yep. I would get yeah. the hell out of Dodge and I would, I've, we've been to Ireland twice. We've spent the better part of a month over there in the two trips that we took. And it is by far the happiest place I've ever, I mean, forget Disneyland that it, Ireland really is. The Republic of Ireland is just about the happiest, nicest place on the planet. Nice. Yeah. And I, I like to surround myself with nice people. So, yeah. Yeah, good call. Do yeah. you do you have any Irish heritage? Uh, Scottish, actually. My, Scottish. I've, I've got a little bit. I've got a little bit of Irish heritage, but um, it's it's funny Sorry. you should say that because I um, took one of those DNA tests because um, my father was my adopted father, so I I don't know anything about my biological side, or I okay. didn't know anything about my biological side. So we took the DNA test and pretty much everything that we were told we were or that, you know, the, my exist, my blood relatives were, was completely wrong. So yeah, found out Scottish, English, Welsh, all that good stuff. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Very cool. Very cool answers. Um, if you were marooned on a planet in the Star Wars galaxy, which planet would you most like to be stuck on? Octo. Octo? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, you want some. You want some peace and quiet, definitely. It's Ireland. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I I was there. I I actually saw the island. So uh, yeah, it's Octo is, it's everything I like about the world. It was green. It was rainy. It was blue ocean, blue skies, rock, stones everywhere, stone walls, stone steps. It's everything that calls to me in in nature and in an environment. Okay, were, were you actually able to? Step, what's the name of the actual island in like in real life? Skellig Michael. Skellig Michael. Okay. Mm -hmm. Were Were you able to step foot on it, or did you see it from like a boat? I saw it. I saw it from the shoreline because it's about five miles. It's it's five miles off the Ring of Kerry. And we actually saw it while we were at a little like diner, a little roadside diner called the Scarif Inn. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. So, yeah. I thought it was kind of neat that it was named Scarif and it was right after Rogue One came out. But um, yeah. Yeah, right across about five miles right off the coast there, you could see it in the distance. There's a chain of islands out there. And the big one is called Skellig, Skellig Michael. And you can only get there like, I think it was like six or seven months out of the year. The rest of the time, it's pretty much you can't get there because of the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Too. Um, oh, and the other. I'm sorry. I'm I'm interrupting. Uh, we went up also to. Then I love talking about Star Wars in Ireland. Uh, we went up to the northernmost point of the island at a place called Malinhead, and that is where they filmed uh, scenes from the last Jedi uh, specifically like when Ray is standing underneath the millennium Falcon and she reaches her hand out to get the rainwater and the whole bit. And she connects with Kylo Ren. Uh -huh. We actually stood right above that spot where they, they had the Falcon sitting there. <laughs> nice. And if you ever saw the uh, YouTube video of where uh, Mark Hamill went in and he learned how to pour the pint of Guinness at this pub, we went to that pub 
and talk to the talk to the actual owner of the pub and the whole bit. And there is a whole Star Wars theme to that pub. It's very cool. Nice. I had no idea that Ireland had this much, uh, you know, and this many ties to Star Wars. That's very interesting. Once they once they started with the um, with the Force Awakens, then it's just like Ireland kind of grabbed onto it and said, "We are the Star Wars island." <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. Cool, very cool. Now I have to add Ireland uh, to my list of places to travel for my bucket list. You should, man. It, it it'll change your life. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's see here. Da, da, da. Um, what is um, obviously uh, we know that you've contributed a uh, cover uh, to Star Wars Adventures number one here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your actually tell me a little bit about how that uh, came, came about? OK, um, well, we've got a local comic book store up here called Line Breakers and Line Breakers. The owner, Dave, he I was picking up my comic books one day and he knows I'm an artist and he said to me, Hey, would you like to draw a uh, cover for a star Wars comic book? And I said, huh? What? Huh? Huh? What? <laughs> and uh, he said, yeah, we've got an opportunity to have a retailer exclusive comic. And uh, we would, we, we love your art. We would like it. If you would um, think about contributing, the only problem is you've got a month to get it completely done. Uh, sent over to Lucasfilm, approved and published. So what do you say? And I'm like, yes, of course. Uh, have we met? Yes, I, I, I'm in, I'm in. So I immediately went home. Uh, they gave me the direction as to um, characters to choose from because it was a very limited number of characters. Mm. Uh, and whatever I, I could choose like one character from Hoth and they were giving me options and I could choose one character from the sequel trilogy, but it, it, it could only be Ray Finn or Poe or BB eight. So I I was like, okay, well, I I don't want to just do a, um, I don't want to do, you know, Han and Luke with Ray. That doesn't make any sense. I, I would like to do a balance of dark side and light side, I love drawing Darth Vader, kinda. There's a lot of angles in his helmet, but it and it can look horribly wrong sometimes. But you know, I wanted to do so. I, I decided to do Darth Vader and, and Ray. And um, I got home after they gave me that direction. I got home, sat down with my tablet in front of me, and I drew up the rough sketch in about 15 minutes. And I sent it over to him and I said, "What do you think?" And they said, "We really like the direction. Keep going with it." Um, get us something roughed out so we can send it to Lucasfilm for their approval. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and usually what happens is I found out later, usually Lucasfilm will approve the artist based off of other artwork and then give them the ability or the option to do a star Wars comic. And then they will either approve or disprove that comic. So I did it kind of backwards. I did the comic cover first, submitted uh-huh. it and then got the approval. Wow. Um, so there was one change they wanted me to make. And in the original version of the comic cover, uh, Ray has got the lightsaber in one hand and she had her blaster in the other hand and they wanted me to remove the blaster. Okay. So I, I dropped the blaster and that was that. Otherwise it was just her holding the lightsaber outstretched and Darth Vader kind of ghosted in the background and, um, they, they loved it. Yeah, 
awesome. Yeah, it is a pretty pretty awesome cover. I have to say. Thanks. Um, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's super limited. I think they only made a thousand copies of it. Yeah. So I don't even think it was a thousand copies of it, but they, they still have a couple. So yeah, I love. Did you did you do the colorization on it as well? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. did. I did the whole thing from start to finish, all of it. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a painter than a. Uh, everybody always wants me to do uh, sequential art for comics, and that's not my bag. I I'm a graphic designer by nature. I'm trained as a graphic designer. I'm trained in color theory and typography, and um, I, I know how to marry uh, illustration with photographs and typography and all of that. That that's my wheelhouse. So sequential line art is a completely different bag and mm -hmm. that is not my thing. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the one who they go to for covers or posters or anything, just general images. I like to th think of my artwork as a still image in a moment, a moment in a life. Basically. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. I love the, the reason why I asked about the colorization. I love the, the way that Darth Vader's uh, eyes on his on his helmet look. Um, Thank you. Yeah, when, when we're clashing against like that the background that you have of like the the sky there looks pretty awesome. I love. Thank that. you very much. Yeah. Um. The, it originally that the only other change I made to it, which wasn't directed from, which wasn't a directive from Lucasfilm, but it was a directive from the comic shop, was originally Darth Vader was very bold, and it was just it was a straight up. Darth Vader, black, fade to fade to the ground. And it was very striking. It was a little intense. So they're like, could you just lower the opacity on Vader a little bit just to make him a little bit more see-through, more ghostly almost? I'm like, I was at first, because as an artist, I get very attached to my artwork. And I'm like, damn it. I really like the way this looks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I changed it and, you know, did what they asked. And I looked at it. I'm like, okay, so they were right. Whatever. <laughs> and it, i was really pretty happy with the way it turned out nice and they actually uh line breakers they've got their own comics that they're publishing now and i've done two covers for uh i've done two covers i think i've done two covers for their comic uh cosmic adventures and then i do all the graphic well i've done the graphic design for uh three or four of their comics so nice yeah they're keeping me busy yeah yeah that's pretty awesome yeah, yeah line breakers is yeah our local shop here in uh, victorville california so if you guys are ever all of our listeners out there if you ever i think most of you well some of you are from cal through on your way to vegas feel free to stop by in victorville at line breakers comics uh pretty cool shop yeah yeah um so obviously yeah you've contributed uh artwork there uh, mm -hmm. and what do you have any other ways that you like to that you like to interact with Star Wars like in a creative capacity? Um, you know, other than uh, other than just drawing images and and in a creative capacity, uh, would probably be the podcasting aspect of it. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about yeah how Starlight sure. Starlight Digest got started. Uh, well, I was originally part of a podcast that started. I want to say it was about seven or eight years ago. Uh, called the Nerds with Attitude. And, um, I had a little show of my own that I did with my, my partner, Kevin on the side, uh, we would do nerd tunes. 
Okay. Uh, because he and I have a really good rapport with each other. Whenever we get on, anytime we hang out, we got a great rapport with each other. So uh, we can play. We're very comedic together. We can play off of each other really well. And so we did Nerds with Attitude and Nerd Tunes. And then after a while, um, uh, going in the way back machine here, Chris from the Sarlacc Digest actually went to high school with my wife. So, and, and Marco from the Sarlacc Digest was married to one of my wife's best friends from high school. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I ran into Chris at a comic book store. And he goes, Hey, we've got a Star Wars podcast. I'm like, Hey, I've got a nerd podcast. He says, Why don't you come <laughs> on board and, and, and hop on and do an episode with us? And I'm like, Okay, sure. Why not? And with the nerds, with the nerds, we would always have to get together. And there was, uh, Jesus, there was like 10 of us at one point in time. Oh, wow. and, and we would all kind of congregate at Kevin's house or somebody else's house. We wouldn't want to do it over zoom. We like to interact with each other in person. Um, so, and he lived in river or he lives in Riverside. So it was like, a, it was always a big to do get up, get everything together, go down Riverside, set everything up, hang out, do a podcast and drive all the way back home over the, over the mountain, you know? Yeah. Um, so whenever I was invited on the Sarlacc Digest, I'm like, okay, well, where am I going? They said Hesperia. And I'm like, oh, heck, that's like 10 minutes away. All right, I'm in. Yeah. So uh, I went over. We were at, I want to say we were at Mike, either Mike or Ernie's place. And um, I, you know, my, my friend Chris was there and Chris introduced me to everybody and we immediately hit it off. And I think that was episode six of the Sarlacc Digest. Nice. It was called Sarlacc with Attitude because they had me on there from the Nerds with Attitude. And, um, you know, we just this past Monday had our 111th episode. It's amazing. Yeah. So we, we hit it off. We did really. I, I talked to Chris and and uh, Marco every day and Joey and, and Ernie and all them. We, we all have these group chats that go. We go toy hunting together. We talk Star Wars all day. And it's it's a pretty awesome group to be a part of. Yeah. 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 Having uh, being on your podcast was definitely, uh, it was a fun treat. You guys have a very cool uh, and fun energy uh, on your podcast. So we yeah. try to keep it positive, man. There's so much negativity in the world, especially in star Wars. Once, you know, once the last Jedi hit, everybody went weird and everybody got so just angry all of a sudden. And it's like, that's not what star Wars is about, man. And we just, we made a vow to ourselves, you know, after, after the last Jedi hit and all the negativity started hitting, it's like, let's not do this. Let's not be those guys. Let's not go into it just for clicks. Let's actually, let's get into it for what we enjoy. And if you don't like something, it's, we, we look at it as Star Wars is part of history. It took place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. So whatever happened, happened. Whether we like it or not, it happened. We put it in its place in history and we move on to the next thing because like it or not, it's never going to end. Star Wars, there will be Star Wars movies long after we're gone. Now that Disney has a hold of it and uh -huh. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to enjoy every damn second of it as soon as they put it out. And, you know, there have been things like the, the last season of Clone Wars, you know, the final arc was fantastic. The Bad Batch arc was okay. The arc in the middle was all right, but I don't, I don't love everything, but as a whole, Star Wars is just so enjoyable that I, I don't want to spend my days just complaining about it and going online and, 
and writing stupid articles about it and just getting clickbait and, and anger. And it's just, it gets really old. I'm, I'm too old to deal with that, man. Yeah. yeah I just no, want to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I second that. Yeah. We try to keep everything more for the most part. Yeah. Positive here at Blue Milk Latte. And we, yeah, we do our best to not do any bashing. And when anytime we do uh, any sort of constructive criticism, we always say, but we see kind of what they were going for. So, yeah. yeah. And, th- and that's <laughs> it, too. You know, be, if you're going to criticize something, even if they're not going to hear it, be constructive about it, you know, yeah. and as as I work in education and I work in art and education. And one of the things I learned going to art school myself was you will get a better reaction out of your students and you'll you'll get a better reaction out of your students and you'll get farther into their heads. You'll 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 mold them a little bit better if you attack if you give them constructive criticism over just you know harsh harsh reality of criticism. Um, yeah. For example, I was in a, I was in a class whenever I was in school and a teacher just walked over and ripped a piece of art off the wall of mine, tore it up, threw it away and said, next. Wow. And I, you know, it was like, damn, that was, that was messed up. But you know what? I, that, that molded me in a certain way. And I vowed that with my students, I would never do that. That being said, I'm also able to realize that there are times where you got to tell a student the reality of the situation. You know, you were not necessarily born to do this, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there, there's a way to be constructive about it and to encourage other things rather than just completely destroy. Yeah. Yeah. I second that for sure. Yeah. Um, kind of switching gears here a little bit. We are both... Um, sons here of southern california and uh obviously disneyland is near to us uh what is your favorite ride at disneyland favorite ride at disneyland okay i will go with um i'll I'll do this because i like to do this and mess with people I'll, i'll do this two different ways i'll do this pre i'll do this pre galaxy's edge and i'll do it post galaxy's edge beautiful beautiful um because my first trip to disneyland was probably in 1979 so i've, I've been going for a long time and my last trip to disneyland was last week <laughs> so uh my my favorite ride post galaxy's edge opening is gotta be rise of the resistance i've yeah. been on it twice and it blew my mind both times yeah just the sheer spectacle and the scope of it um, it still has those Disney ride tropes to it where you've got animatronics, which look kind of wacky at times. Like you've got Kylo Ren standing in front of you and he's very fluid and he's, I'm moving my arms. Like you can see me. I'm so used to doing these podcasts on video. Uh, he's moving his arms around, but his feet are glued to the same spot. So, you know, he looks very stiff as he's moving around. So, and there's, there's like an animatronic of Finn that looks kind of weird and kind of off, but so it still has that dis- that Disney ride vibe to it, but the ride as a whole, what they accomplish and what you see and the technology that's involved, it is absolutely, utterly mind blowing. Yes. Yeah. I, I have you been on it? I've been. Yeah, I've also been on it twice. Uh, okay. I haven't been since they reopened, but yeah, my first time, and I hate to sound melodramatic or whatever, that my first time on the ride, I did cry. I like yeah. was overwhelmed with yeah. how like how just mind blowing it is, and how immersive it is. When mm-hmm. the ride officially ended, um, 
I thought I was still on the ride. Like, I didn't know when it actually, even though I got off the ride at the very end, I thought it was still going for some reason. It was weird. Um, It's because of the immersion of it all, you know? I mean, you get off the ride, you've crash landed back on Batuu right where you started, and you walk out of the ride, and there's stormtroopers still around. There's Ray and Chewbacca. Yeah. such a great job at making you feel like you're part of the universe that oh my god it's it's just mind-blowing yeah yeah so yeah i i I don't have enough nice things to say (laughs) about that right actually you know what only i will i will say a little teeny tiny critique um Mm -hmm. the only thing that was kind of wonky to me and um i don't know why i think they could do better they did everything else like amazingly like 10 out of 10 when uh-huh. there's there is a part in the ride where kylo ren's lightsaber is cutting through the ceiling and it just looks like one of the black series lightsabers yeah going it just looks a little yeah like, oh okay it didn't take me out of the ride but i was like hmm i feel like i don't know there could be something different right there but whatever like I'm maybe still... maybe like a little bit of sparks or something to come yeah. out of to come out of the spot and i don't know how they would do that without possibly you know leaving ash or something on somebody but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how they would do it but i agree i i do agree that that part it was like i'm waiting for it and i'm waiting for it and it's happening i'm like oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um now my favorite ride pre-galaxy's edge is the haunted mansion perfect I absolutely love the Haunted Mansion Um, from regular times whenever you've got just the basic Haunted Mansion to when they've got Nightmare Before Christmas and you've got, you know, Danny Elfman's music playing through it. You've got Jack Skellington and all that standing there in front of you larger than life. It's it's just it is such a great ride. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And pro tip for all of you listeners out there that haven't been to Disneyland yet. And if you go during the hot summer months. Um, a lot of people will try to go to Splash Mountain uh, to cool down. Pro tip, go to Haunted Mansion. You'll be in a nice dark atmosphere with air conditioning for at least 15 to 20 minutes. And it stops regularly, so you'll even get a little bit of extra time to sit there in the cool air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, second pro tip here, uh, if you're going, know that Indiana Jones, the Indiana Jones ride now has a virtual queue just like Rise of the Resistance. Good to know. And you will not get on it unless you are part of the virtual queue. Good to know. Good to know. Yes, sir. I, I, I yeah, that is the one of my top, top three ones that I always have to ride when I'm there. So absolutely, that is good to know. Yeah, very cool. Um, all right, awesome. Uh, next up here, if you could have any food from the Star Wars universe, oh. uh, what would you have? If you could pick it out of the screen and eat it. You know, there. If you think about it, really, there hasn't been a whole lot of food on screen, has there? There's been a, a few things, yeah, but yeah, not mu- but not much, not much. Um, it's not like Harry Potter where right. they have all kinds of things. Listed. Right. Every time <laughs> Dumbledore claps his hands and the banquet t- hall tables are all filled up with food, you just kind of want to d- dive on in. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I would honestly say that. If we're going for what is on the screen, thinking about it, it would most definitely not be that rehydrated piece of bread that Ray had. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it would probably end up being um, just that plate of fruit that she had whenever she was in Mas Kanata's castle. Okay. Because I, I didn't, I don't really know. You know, I've seen 
this is what we go back to here. Empire Strikes Back. I've seen it a million times. I know there's a there's a dinner table there on Bespin, but I don't think I've ever paid attention to what's on the table. I don't think there is anything on the table. Yeah, I I, I haven't paid attention because the the shock of seeing Darth Vader and Boba Fett at the other end of the table just kind yeah. of you know drew my attention. So yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, otherwise, I know Luke takes a couple bites of something in A New Hope. Um, I know that they almost ate Han Solo and yeah. Jedi, uh, the Jabba the Hutt ate frogs. Anakin fed Padme a weird computer animated pair. Yeah. And attack of the clones. <laughs> okay. I do have, I do have the still up from the, uh, M- Darth Vader on Hoth and the, uh, on cloud city. I mean, okay. Um, and it looks like there's a blue type of liquid that looks like hairspray. I, just, <laughs> I don't know what it is. And then also like some sort of nuts and that's about it. And then there's plates and stuff and then maybe some other stuff that looks like some weird seaweed looking stuff. Well, then I would definitely go with the plate of fruit that Ray has (laughs) at Montanata's castle. Yeah. 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 Good Mm. choice. Good choice. Now I do have to say though, that if you're at galaxy's edge, they have a Ronto wrap and they have a breakfast Ronto wrap. Whenever you get that with a nice cup of calf, it is very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. The Rancho Wrap is pretty delicious. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. Which I, is basically I, a kielbasa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, staying on the food theme here. Okay. If you could have dinner with any Star Wars character, oh. uh, which one would you choose to have dinner with? Wow. What a great question. Um, You know, I would... <sighs> It would either have to be Obi-Wan Kenobi or Ahsoka Tano. Okay. Because the two of them lived through so much. They saw so much. They experienced so much of their time as either Jedi or, you know, in, in Ahsoka's case, I am no Jedi. Yeah. Um, that I think they would be the most interesting two to talk to. Yeah. I, I don't know if... Yeah, I'd love to say Luke and I'd love to say Han, but Han would make everything about himself. He he would have <laughs> no interest in talking about anything else. Um, but yeah, either Obi-Wan or probably Obi-Wan. Probably Obi-Wan Kenobi, because I mean I would love to ask him about his time with Satine. Yeah. <laughs> it's still it's still a time that we we don't know about. Um, you know, the the guy was trained by Qui-Gon, who and you know, he lived through the Clone Wars. It would just be interesting to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Very good choice. Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Right. Obi-Wan um, Kenobi. Um, do you have, I'm sure you do sketches and then official, not, well, yeah, and, and um, art prints and all that stuff of Star Wars. Do you have a favorite piece of Star Wars art that you've created? I do. Um, it's, it's a drawing I got. Yeah. I've been drawing since I could hold a pencil and, um, as such, I was always limited by the, uh, the substrate that you're working on. You're always limited with the paper and the pencil. And, you know, if you put down a line wrong, you'd have to erase it. And, you know, you'd always have those missed lines and those, those incorrect sketches and uh, i always keep all of my artwork but man the moment i got an ipad with an apple pencil uh it just changed everything mm-hmm. and um one of the very first drawings i did was uh, of kylo ren 
and he's kind of holding his it's from the last jedi it's got a red background and he's kind of holding his lightsaber in that really unique way that he holds it where it's kind of like at the ready almost at eye level mm-hmm. and um that was the first it's not necessarily the most technically perfect drawing i've ever done but it's it, it to me it was the start of something and it was the start of my digital art and um that that to me that one sticks out in my head as being my favorite okay awesome very cool um next up here we have and this uh we are obviously we already have some disney plus series announced uh, a decent amount of them actually but what character would you like to see starring in their own disney plus series that hasn't already been announced hondo wanaka hondo wanaka okay hondo wanaka i think that dude is interesting he is it's one of those that would be i say that with such conviction but i'm pretty sure i would be annoyed with him by the third episode yeah (laughs) because he is just he's a he's pretty intense um so it, it would have to be like he would have to be part of an ensemble cast of characters but i would like to see him in a regular show and um i just tales from galaxy's edge or uh something interesting where we get to see him on a regular basis Uh, i've really grown to enjoy his character a lot yeah it'd be very uh very good in the sense where you wouldn't necessarily know what's gonna happen every single episode because you never know if he's gonna work with you betray you do both you never know yeah yeah and in some cases at the same time (laughs) work with you betray you and get you exactly what you needed yeah yeah um so let's take that a step further actually let's cast um hondo anaka oh geez who who would you cast as hondo um actually i'm gonna make i'm gonna i'm gonna make this even more intense sorry cast hondo anaka and then Mm -hmm. also cast a supporting character that you create that I create. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be like the, the, the partner to him. I'm going to get, I'm going to get funny with that one. So, okay. um, Hondo Anaka, um, well, you'd have to do Jim Cummings as the voice because uh, he, he is the voice of Hondo. Okay. And Eeyore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was Jim Cummings. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Jim Cummings. Um, who would I cast to that? That's a, Great question. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. Old dead actor. I don't think I can cast an old dead actor. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> um, you know what? It it really it, it really doesn't matter if Jim Cummings is doing the voice. I, yeah, I then cast... you could just have you could just have a, a body body yeah, a, a body in in the makeup doing the mannerisms and whatnot but it's got to be jim cummings in the voice of as that voice i don't think anybody else could really do it justice okay and then who would you like to see cast as a as a supporting character for supporting character okay so now i'm going to go with a character that i created that is a hybrid his name is Aiden jonah okay uh, he is a uh, he is an archaeologist that actually collects force artifacts okay and uh yeah i've got a whole backstory written for him and everything okay yeah and i think it would be interesting because the two of them teamed up together you would have the archaeologist and the smuggler i mean what what couldn't go wrong with that yeah wait who who uh, what actor though are you casting as Aiden? 
Aiden. Uh, you know, it would be kind of a, a young, it, it would be more like a young Michael J. Fox, honestly. Okay. Okay. Cause he's got, a, he's got a bit of a comedic streak to him. So okay. yeah. And I've, I've actually drawn this character. Uh, I've actually got, uh, it's, it's actually a Disney bounding, uh, character that I created. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, so, and it is a mixture of Indiana Jones and uh, Han Solo. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That would be a very, that would be a very adventurous show for mm. sure. But, but the idea of putting such a ridiculous actor as Michael J. Fox, a young Michael J. Fox in that just kind of throws it off kilter just a little bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Makes it not so straight and narrow. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, cool. This next one here, uh, it's, I'm very interested to see what you say because uh, I know that we have a uh, fairly amount of the same musical taste here. Oh, yes. Um, but uh, if you could have any music artist or band make a cameo in a Star Wars film, who would you most like to see? And I'm going to one-up that one, too. You have to name the band. So what band would you like to see from our world put in there? But they're going to be under the guise of a different name and all of that. Okay. Uh, it would probably... I would like to see... It would be on Coruscant. It would be in the uh, the underworld district of Coruscant in a little club just right outside that sports bar from Attack of the Clones. Uh-huh. And it would it would have to be Depeche Mode. Okay. Just because they've got the electronic vibe down. They can go super poppy. They can go dark. They can go any way. And it would... The electronic vibe that they've got would fit in that environment, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what are you going to name them? Oh, crap. Their fictional uh, name. Oh, their fictional name. Oh, man. You keep doing this to me. Sorry. I, I would have to do the same trick that George Lucas did whenever he named everybody, and that's take the name of the band and just swap a few of the letters out and maybe put an umlaut or a... <laughs> or an, <laughs> And yay over, some, you know, a tilde or something like that over one of the names just to make it, it would, you know, it would be depth mode or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. It's, you know, you look at Jet Lucas and you, uh, or what was his name whenever he was in Revenge of the Sith? It was like Papa Goida or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he would always take a name of one of his family members and just switch up some of the name, some of the, Oh wait, here we go. Like um, whenever he put Ahmed best in attack of the, I keep going to attack of the clones and it's my least favorite of all the movies. <laughs> and he made Ahmed best Amek bed or something like that. And he had uh, Anthony Daniels in there and it was Dayton, uh, Daytona uh, Ann or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would, he has this he, habit. He would, just do, he would just do anagrams of their name. And exactly. Name. Would, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, word salad out of it. It was, yeah. So it would be something along those lines. Very cool. Okay. All right. If you, okay, you're trapped in a room with Darth Maul. Uh oh. You have to convince him not to kill you. Okay. What do you say? Sure. I'll help you track down Obi Wan. Wow. That was the best answer ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, if I'm trying, if I'm doing my best to make sure he doesn't kill me, I mean, that, that's you give him what he wants. That was quick and to the point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, what am I going to do? Throw water on his legs and hope he rusts in place. Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, just, yeah, sure. I know where Obi-Wan is. Come with me. Yeah. Yeah. And then just <laughs> figure out along the way. I'm having dinner with him a little bit later. Yeah. Very nice. Um, 
what would you say this is a question kind of for the for the artists out there um what would you say that to someone that's trying to get into doing art i guess art in general but also art for star wars or um any any of that capacity what would you say to them i don't honestly feel like i can i can advise anybody on art of star wars how to get into that i mean other than just keep drawing and keep keep at it you know uh the only reason I say I can't really give advice on that is it kind of fell in my lap. I didn't, it wasn't something that I ever pursued because I didn't think it was a reality. I didn't think it would ever happen. And um, so, yeah, my, my best response to that would be just keep doing what you do. Um, keep practicing. Don't throw away mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. Always learn from your mistakes. Uh, even Yoda says it best, you know, failure is the greatest teacher. Um that that's the advice I give to all my students, um, all of my art students. It's because I, I help out whenever it comes to developing portfolios, graphic design portfolios for uh, college students. And um, I advise them on how to interview on how to, um, how to make the best out of their artwork and the best out of their portfolios. Mm -hmm. and, and my, my advice is always that just, keep pushing. Uh, don't rest on your laurels. I've had the same job now for nine years, but every, every year I update my website. I update my portfolio. I update my, my, uh, resume. I update everything just to make sure that I don't fall by the wayside, that I'm still keeping myself relevant. Um, <clears throat> so work hard, always, uh, learn from your mistakes and keep up with the fads, keep up with the trends, keep up with, the latest and greatest whenever it comes to the art world. And, um, you know, if, if you keep at it and you don't rest on your laurels, uh, really good things can actually come of it. Mm, for sure. Very good advice. Okay. Thanks. Very nice. Um, if you were, uh, this is kind of funny cause I was watching a robot chicken star Wars episode earlier and this <laughs> came up and, uh, I mean, well, like, well, I'm yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean it in a more sincere way than the, how it's portrayed in the robot chicken thing. But um, say you were uh, stuck in a elevator with uh, George Lucas, uh, what would you do and or say? Uh, you know, I, I could go on all day about the things that drive me crazy about the man. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I grew up with the original trilogy back when before the special editions. Uh, all the little changes he's done to them have just made me crazy. Um, some of them kind of work. Some of them really don't. Uh, the, this, the prequel trilogy attack of the clones. I just, it may, I quoted it several times and referred back to it several times today, but it, the movie makes me insane. Uh, and I, I could sit in that elevator and I could go over all of it with them and say, okay, but why did you do this? But honestly, if I'm in that elevator and I'm stuck in the elevator with George Lucas, I'm just going to look at him and say, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for creating this. I mean, I don't know what my life would be like without it. You know, it would be, I'd probably be a sports fan. I don't know. I probably, <laughs> probably not. But, um, you know, it, it molded me in such a dramatic way. Uh, you know, a three-year-old kid in 1977 watching this thing who now does podcasts about it and has a comic book published or, you know, comic book cover published. And it's just, 
I, I get to go to Anaheim and live it. And it's just, you know, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having this imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Here. here. Yeah. Very good. Um, what is your, uh, I love one of my favorite aspects of Star Wars isn't, uh, I mean, obviously it's the movies, the TV shows, the comics, the books, all of that stuff. But one of my favorite things that I feel like sometimes it just goes under the radar is just the fandom in general and getting to interact with other fans. Um, what is your favorite part about being just a member of the Star Wars fandom? Um, having friends that I can uh, talk to about it on a regular yeah. basis, because, you know, the, um, growing up whenever I did after return of the Jedi, you know, the dark times as they call them, um, people didn't talk about star Wars. You didn't, you know, if, if you expressed any kind of interest in it, you were labeled a nerd or a geek right. or whatever, which I proudly wear the geek and nerd badge. That that's cool by me. Yeah. You know, in high school, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get a girlfriend, you know, they, they don't want to know about your star Wars obsession. <laughs> um, so, but we're, we're in an age now where it's, accepted and i can have a podcast with friends from high school or my wife's high school i can uh my best friend from high school um we lost contact uh i want to say probably around 94 95 we lost contact and we didn't get back together and hang out again until uh almost around the time uh, when revenge of the sith came out oh, wow. and after reconnecting with him i went over to his place and he had a star wars room like I had a star Wars room and it was like, we picked up back where we left off whenever we were kids. And I still call him almost, you know, once a week and we talk star Wars and it's that it's, it's that sense of camaraderie, you know, that you can have with, with friends and, and with, you know, Kent, I, I don't know you from Adam really, other than you've been on our show and you make a really mean cappuccino you know but I, I i i go over there and i see you and i talk to you and we have a conversation hey did you see that latest episode of the bad batch yeah it was great hey what did you think of the finale of the mandalorian oh my god it blew my mind you know yeah. i can walk into these places and have conversations with people now and i just i love it i love the fact that we've got this common ground now that's almost universal that everybody knows about and we can have these conversations and like i was telling you before i try to keep it positive and there are some on the i i try to stay away from talking about star wars on online unless it's in our sarlacc digest group or there's another non-toxic group that i like hanging out in yeah but you know as long as i keep it in there or in person it's great. It's just the rest of the internet. That's whenever I'm like, okay, I got to dial. I got to, I got to step away for a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. So it's, it's, it's the communication and the enthusiasm, the excitement of the property where you can actually stand face to face and talk to somebody about it or, you know, have friends that love this stuff. And it's, it's just a nice escape from your everyday reality. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha for sure. Um, or as we close up here, um, we uh, what are we in? We're in May of 2021. Um, recently announced Star Wars Celebration uh, 2022 will be also in May. So yep. we're about a year out right now. Um, so what is the uh, uh, you walk into the convention hall? What is the very first thing you're doing at Star Wars Celebration? 
Um, the very first. <laughs> oh man, that's a loaded <laughs> question. As a Star Wars uh, collector, the way I am, because I'm I'm pretty intense whenever it comes to getting uh, exclusive stuff. So if there's like some kind of exclusive figure or something, you bet your rear I'm headed straight over to that shop to see if I can get my hands on it. Um, but if, if we're taking that off the table, I, I like to go over, I think the last celebration we were at was that was in Anaheim was right before the force awakens came out. So I, I was doing my best to get to the costume exhibit and the props exhibit and to see the artwork that was there and just uh, the anticipation of knowing a new star Wars was coming out and we were about to see it. I wanted to know as much as I could about it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's the first time I saw the name Kylo Ren and I'm like, okay, that's not what I thought was going to happen. I saw stormtroopers and I'm like, okay, interesting. And we there, I remember there was a, uh, I think they had, Finn's jacket. It was before the trailer that showed Finn holding the lightsaber and it was Finn's jacket and there was the pocket. And I think the lightsaber was in the pocket of his jacket and it just stirred up all of these conversations with people. What do you think that means? Oh my gosh, he's a Jedi. This is great. This is crazy. Is he Luke's son? Who's Luke's what's going on? Nobody knows. (laughs) Is it land Lando? Did they get together? What's happening? Yeah, because of course everybody in Star Wars has to be related in some way, yes, shape, or form, yes, right? Yes. Um, so knowing 2022, we've got uh, we will have already had the Book of Boba Fett out. Hopefully, by that time, we've got the Mandalorian season three coming. Uh, I want to head over to whatever Disney Plus pavilion they've got so I can see whatever I can about what's coming. Yes, because the Ahsoka series is coming. We've got the Acolyte, which takes place at the tail end of the High Republic, which we've got all sorts of theories about where that's going yeah. on the Starlack. Um, we've also got this theory that all of these shows, because they said that these shows are leading to an event of some kind. And we were thinking that it might be some kind of adaptation of the Thrawn series, the original Thrawn series which would be right around the right time in the star Wars timeline. Yeah. So I, I, I want to head over there to that Disney plus pavilion. I want to absorb everything I possibly can. So I can just make up all the craziest ideas and craziest theories about what we're about to see and then get all of my hopes dashed the minute the shows appear online and nothing that we came up with was right whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, it's always to me, that's always fun um, coming up with all these crazy theories. And we think in our heads of how this is going to work out. And then, you know, you actually see it and it's nothing like you thought, but it's so much better. Yeah. To quote Luke Skywalker, this is not going to go the way you think. I love that line. I <laughs> use that line all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I'm, How about you, man? Where are you headed whenever you go to the, whenever you head in there to the convention? Jeez, man. Um, uh, right. It's a tough question whenever it's thrown back at you. Yeah. 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 So uh, let me see. I'm probably going to be with my buddy, Chris, who's uh, my co-host here on Blue Milk Latte for the most part. Um, I'll probably be with him and maybe my buddy Adam and I'll probably see you guys walking around. And oh, all yeah. That. Um, I'm probably going to go hop in line for, you know, I hate to steal from you, but 
I'm gonna go in the Disney Plus, uh, whatever the Disney Plus line is for for their panel. I want to yeah. go to. And, well, okay. And here's the other thing too. Um, whatever, wherever, and this is gonna, I don't know, make me sound just like a huge fanboy. Wherever Dave Filoni is gonna be speaking, no that's kidding. Where, that's where I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. I, I I love pretty much any project. Uh, that Dave Filoni has had his name attached to, I've like loved. Yeah. So uh, talk about the acolyte. I mean, that dude learned at the heel of George Lucas and yeah. has has more knowledge of Star Wars in his pinky than we will ever have combined. <laughs> I mean, the dude the dude knows how everything works, and it just yeah, man, I'm I'm right there with you. That would be. I didn't even think about panels. I, yeah. I'm, I went, my wife and I went to Comic-Con for like 18 years in a row and we were so burned out on trying to get into panels that I just don't even go there anymore. Yeah. But I think that kind of a panel where I could get to Dave Filoni and, and um, yeah, yeah. Quick, 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 quick little 20 second rant on Comic-Con. They're not oh, listening. Yeah. They're not listening. No one cares, but <laughs> they need to either increase the price per ticket and invite less people or they need to figure something out because my I've only been to two or three Comic Cons in San Diego, mm-hmm. and every single time I'm like, oh look, cool, a cool cosplayer I want to take a picture with. Let me go over to them, and I have to fight through like a million like people just to get to like one side. And by the time I get there, they're gone. I'm like, uh, this is more so more so a gripe about the the trade floor than anything. The exhibit oh, yeah. floor, it's just madness. Well, it's not crazy. just not just the that floor though. I mean, just trying to get into a panel anymore. There there was a time because. Um, my wife and I are, are celebrating our 24th wedding anniversary in a couple of days. Congratulations. And thank you. We started going in, I want to say it was 99. It was either 98 or 99. And the X-Men had just come out. So, you know, we're walking around and we meet, uh, or she meets uh, Hugh Jackman. And, you know, she got her auto- his autograph. And we're walking around and we have... Uh, lunch with Sean Astin at a wow. table, and wow. you could do that. And 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 then once the the Hollywood aspect of it really started picking up, and they started inviting you know Angelina Jolie's and Brad Pitt's and all that. That's whenever things got crazy. Yeah, I think. And we yeah. we used to be able to go and walk and just sit down in a panel in Hall H and enjoy whatever was going on and watch the trailers that they would play. Now you've got to camp out two days in advance just to get into Hall H, and you better not leave because you're not getting back in. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just the ocean of people outside, inside. I mean, the convention now spills out into San Diego proper. Yeah. And good luck, man. Good luck getting anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometime around 2007, 2008, right around when the MCU launched with Iron Man. Yeah. Kind of like how uh, Star Wars Star Wars is no longer re- relegated to just the quote-unquote nerds or geeks. Uh, right. Everyone kind of ha- is a Star Wars fan. I feel like right around when Iron Man came out in 2008, that's when comic books movies went from not just your nerd or geek to everybody, the whole family can go to these things now. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what made everything explode and take off. I I agree. I I agree. Um, Yeah. For, for God, what was that movie? I'm I'm not kidding, man. It was Angelina Jolie 
And it was that movie where she could like bend bullets or something. Wanted, like. wanted, wanted, wanted came out and all of a sudden they're flying helicopters with her in it to the sales pavilion, right wow. above the sales pavilion. And it was right around that time where just things got nuts and you just, you, I mean, whenever we started going, you could sit down in the lobby of the convention center with a piece of paper on a clipboard with a pencil and fill out your registration for the next year and hand it to them. And they would hand you your badge information for the next year. And you were set. You were, you were good to go. And now there's a freaking lottery system to get in there. And you know, you've got a better chance of getting hit by lightning than you are to be able to get in a comic con anymore. (laughs) And um, I I started relying on friends to, to get me in. And because I've, I've got a lot of friends that have booths and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, we've got a couple of extra passes. Would you like one? Yes, I would. And now they get to me and they're like, would you like a pass? No, thank you. I'm good. Yeah. The magic is gone. I I don't collect comics anymore, really, because I'm sorry, but um, I was a big DC comics fan. I mean, uh, from 84, I've been reading, I was reading DC comics from 84 on. And um, I want to say about five years ago, I'm just like, I'm done. This stuff is just, it it lost all sense of like continuity and all that. So Uh the comic book aspect of it was no longer fun for me. The Hollywood aspect, whenever it's sons of anarchy is on the floor and you can't get anywhere because it's sons of anarchy. I'm like, what nerd thing do they, what do they have to do with any kind of nerd reality? (laughs) Yeah. Um, It just, it, it got to be a bit much. And that was actually the last time we went was when sons of anarchy was like the big thing. And it was on the main floor. And I'm like, Oh, look, there's Jax from sons of anarchy moving on. And you couldn't move on because you were stuck shoulder to shoulder, butthole to front with people. Yeah. 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 It's it's a thing. So bringing it back and around to uh, Star Wars Celebration 2022. Um, What anybody listening will obviously be there. So hopefully we see you guys there. Um, What is uh, I know. I know you don't have like a, a, you know, a, well, you have a website and all yeah. that good stuff. Where can the good people like uh, follow you or see your art? And uh, tell us a little bit more about where they can see the Sarlacc Digest as well. Sure. Um, okay. So if you're on, uh, we're we're old, so we do Facebook a lot. <laughs> uh, if you go onto Facebook, you can look up um, the Sarlacc Digest Central. Uh, look for that. It's got a, a little image of we we update it every week with our new episode. We have a little new. Um, what is it? Uh, cover page. So you'll see a little cover page with our latest episode on it. Um, if you're looking for me, you can find me on, you just look for me, Scott Kruger, or you can look at the art of Scott solo on Instagram. Uh, I think I've even got, yeah, I've, I've got a Facebook page. It's also Scott solo. So you can look at me there and that's where I just post artwork and maybe a toy find here or there. Um, I'm also going to be, I, the whole gang is actually going to be at a convention in October in Las Vegas called Unicon. Okay. And, um, there hasn't been a whole lot of talk about it in our group just yet because it's still, it's, it's in the works, but like Ashley Eckstein's going to be there. Um, a whole bunch of star Wars people are going to be there. Nice. Um, actors, voice actors, 
Um, for some reason, they think that I'm a big enough draw. I don't know why they have me as a featured guest. I'm like, I did one Star Wars cover. I don't need a table. But <laughs> they they want me there. So you're I'm going to be there. Guy. You're, you're a pretty cool guy. Yeah, I appreciate that. I really do. <laughs> um, but we're, I'm talked him into including the Sarlacc Digest as guests. So I guess we're going to be like feet in the, we're going to be hosting um, uh, some of the Star Wars actors. We'll get up on stage and announce them coming out in the whole bit. And it, it's all in conjunction with the toy store in Vegas called Rogue Toys. And okay. if you've ever seen uh, Rogue Toys, Steve, the owner of Rogue Toys, is the uh, toy expert on Pawn Stars. Okay, awesome. And he's a cool guy. I did the store logo for him. Um, I've worked his booths before just because I'm good at talking to nerds about toys. Yeah. So um, they, whenever I did the comic, they asked me to do the thing. So now I'm designing a poster for the show and we're going to be there as guests. So you can find us hopefully there in October. As long as Fingers crossed everything stays on the up and up with COVID and we're all good. And yeah, we should, we should be there. Cool. Very cool. I, I look forward to that. Maybe I'll, I'll try to make the drive out there and support you guys as well. And we'd love to see you, man. You're, you're like part of the extended Sarlacc family and we really yeah. appreciate you. And <laughs> I, I like, I like talking to you whenever I see you yeah. out in the wild. So yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, guys, this is uh, pretty much all we got. Spotlight on Scott Kruger. Scott, thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with us uh, on Star Wars and art and all this good stuff here. My absolute pleasure, man. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, may the Force be with you. Keep it nerdy.